I'm going to bring up right now. It's uh, Ben Webb. Ben, th- hey, thank you hey, so much, going, Scott. Thank you so much for doing the show. This is it's great to finally actually talk to you. Hey, it's a real person. Yes, it's not bad. So one one of the things about you is that I like how you're using social media because you're almost using it as a diary of, you know, you know, what's going on in your life, what's going well, what's not going well. You know, it's really like watching a story unfold and um, you are much more of an open person than I am. So a much more guarded person. So you don't see that kind of stuff for me, not because I wouldn't want to, but because it's just, it's much harder for me to do. And that's one thing I really respect about what you're doing because, you know, it's, first of all, it's gained you a good following and it's also increased, you know, fan base and social media and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm looking at it from a personal standpoint and a lot of the things that that you're going through, I may not have exactly gone through the same thing, but I can empathize with where you're at at a certain point. And I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like you're asking for pity or anything like that. You're just kind of laying out the facts of what you're going through. And I really appreciate that. One of the things I wanted to ask you right up top is what made you take that leap? Because at some point you have to make a conscious decision that you're going to document your life on social media. And so what made you do that? Great, great question. And I appreciate you kind of laying out from your perspective. It's oh so valuable to hear it for me because I'm in my own head 24 7 mm. you know it could get monotonous it can you can doubt things that you shouldn't doubt so to hear outside of your head this is what they see this is why they keep coming back and, and all that is oh so valuable because when you're on stage the feedback is immediate mm. on social media it, you may get it in parcel a little bit at a time a comment here talking to like an interview there all very valuable so to your question I, there are some things that I have decided to try to keep more protected because I don't think it's wise to share everything. There are some people who do so and I may get there. Who knows? But I just think that one of the, one of the most powerful reasons is something you touched on yourself is there was a little short story that the, the power of connection, people, when they feel seen and heard, they can feel loved. It's a small way of, I was going through a drive through one day. And all I did was a part of what I do every day. I call it, you know, sir, ma'am, please, thank you. That, that is just a part of growing up, uh, oldest son of a military family. And, but when I got to the drive through window, this young lady was in tears. She was struggling to compose herself because she had hours of people barking orders at her, not calling her by her name, anything like that, to the point where I offered, thankfully, I'm six furry, I've got long arms. I was able to reach for my, through my car window, through the drive through window, to hold her hand for a few moments, just so she can help pose herself. So it's, it's stuff like that rings true in my head. Of I, I'm going through, I'm struggling with kind of a weight loss journey. I'm in church. I do a number of these other cross disciplines. And so if there is at least one person out there that can Basically, they may not comment for a while, but if they can read along and follow along and say, you know what, his honesty, I have screwed up like that. I thought I was working this well and I was, I thought I lost this amount of pounds and I gained one. 
but this guy's doing it too, and he's still choosing to show up and do it. Yeah, that it's worth it. We to be we need to be visible and accessible to each other and realize we're not alone. You know, it's funny you talk about the poor woman in the drive-through, and I've I've been through. I worked in the restaurant business for a long time, and I know I know what the stress is in 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 that business, and nobody knows it until you work it. You may think it's just a real easy ride or whatever, but no matter what, when you're slow, it's hard. When you're busy, it's hard. It's just, it's not an easy job and it really wears on you. And, you know, in in my own quiet way, I try to do the same thing. I, you know, it's always please and thank you. And I go to McDonald's way too often and get a Diet Coke because I'm addicted to them. And, you know, I see the same cashier at my local one all the time. And I always make sure to say something, you know, just like, how's your day going and stuff like that. And I know that, that, you know, I'm part of 1% of the people who do that because most people just grab their food and go on because they're all tied up in their own lives. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about you because you are, you're going through your own pains in life and yet you take the time to actually reach out to people and try to ease their pain along with it. And that's, you know, that's really the reason I brought you on because there's something about you that is different from a lot of the other comedians I talk to. And maybe because it's more outward, I think the other comedians have it. But, you know, as a tribe, we are a guarded people and we tend to you know, bury everything that's wrong with us and then just bring it out on stage, whereas you're doing it on stage and you're doing it in life, too. And I, I really appreciate it. So I'm one of the people who read the stuff and I don't like or comment. <laughs> and that's just me. You know, I go through this stuff and you never know. You never know who's doing that until they say something. But, yeah, I've just really, you know, every so you're one of those, the algorithm, because I stop on your posts all the time. Every I get to see every single post. I've gone to your profile a few times to see if I'm missing anything, and I don't miss anything. So, you know, the algorithm's working as far as that's concerned because I linger and read the whole thing. But, yeah, I just really, I appreciate the way you're presenting the things that go on in your life, not necessarily in an essay way. Your posts aren't like like a book to read. They're longer than two lines, but they're less than six paragraphs most of the time. And I feel like I can read it. I can either get uplifted or feel some empathy for what you're going through. I, I had a weight loss journey myself. And so I kind of know, kind of know where you're at. And I was older than you when I decided to address it. And I know how hard it is. So yeah, I, I just, it's, it's hard to express what one post on social media can do for you. But when you speak of endorphins and stuff like that, yours yours tend to take something, you know, if I'm looking at a bunch of shit all day and I see yours, it's a little bit of a bright spot. I sincerely appreciate it. That's precisely what I'm trying to aim for, you know, spreading joy on purpose. It is a, it's a term, it's a phrase that I stuck on real early on. And once I found out on Google searches and looking on social media platforms, as far as I can tell, that's me. So I doubled down immediately on that. And, and so, yeah, it's a branding thing, but the more you get to know me and I share, 
It's a life. It's a choice of how to live it out. And truth being told, I want to learn how to use TikTok or other platforms more intentionally about sharing some of those videos that I'll share in my stories of, okay, joy on purpose. What can it look like? Mm. It doesn't have to be extravagant, spend a thousand dollars and give it away to strangers and film it for views or anything. It could be literally what you were saying is building relationships, being nice to cashiers. Uh, I'm sure you can relate. I have cashiers in different restaurants. My at the Walmart I go to, clothing stores, where the demeanor, their shoulders go down, their face lights up just a little bit when they see that I'm next in line or I come into the door. Yeah. Because they know I'm going to follow up on, hey, how was that test last week that you were worried about? Or you said you were moving earlier this week or whatever it is. How has that been going? Connecting with human beings. Yeah. That is oh so valuable because we, it's very easy, certainly on social media, where so difficult to figure out how to structure the videos to get people to stay. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do that. Yeah. And people, I don't think people intend to be mean about it, but I don't think they realize how valuable their support is in watching something and sharing it with friends. Yeah. Because in real life, we can do that equivalent of I've, I got to get so-and-so to ballet practice. I need to go over here to, to this part of my work. I have to go to the bar. I got to, and it's this cumulative effect of going through hell. And if there's some way, shape or form that I'm going, I'm carrying my own weight of responsibility, but in some way, shape or form, if I can get up on stage and be silly for you. If I can get up on a video, take something familiar and have a funny joke for it or a reaction, make a silly you know, an ass out of myself just so that you can relax your shoulders, that you can smile, that you can stop and laugh and remember, oh yeah, I like feeling this way. Then I will pay that cost any day of the week and i'm coming up on another few weeks i started on instagram and started cross posting on the other platforms starting on instagram 28th is when i started saying i'm going to do at least one reel a day and i have been doing that for almost a full year of one one a day and it's been astounding the things that i have learned in editing joke structure all of that. But the feedback, like the ones that you're giving me, messages invaluable. Yeah. It's wonderful. Just that it seems small, but it's when you're intentional about seeing others, listening to them, and just loving them, yeah. spreading joy on purpose. That makes a difference every time. Yeah. And how so, and the videos are good. So, there, there's two parts to you. There's there, there's the part where it's almost like a diary, but the videos are not really that at all. It's really just you being silly. And, you know, there's some reaction videos and, and there's some stuff that you come up on your own. And I know the work that goes into making a 15 second video. It's way more than 15 seconds because you got to think of what you want to do. You got to video it. And sometimes you have to video it, in my case, 15 times before you get it the way you want it. And then you have to post it. And sometimes you get 13 views and sometimes you get 13,000. And it just really don't know. The funny thing, a story I told Nate that I just talked to before you is I put one out promoting a friend's podcast that I really like, and it did really well. So I did one promoting my own podcast, but I put a title page to it 
and it is absolutely sucking. It's not going anywhere. It's, you know, I did it this morning. It's got like 30 views between two platforms. And I'm just like, so the one thing I've known is the more raw and DIY that something looks is the better it'll do. That title page, I think, really sunk my video because it looked too professional. So I'm going to get rid of that and make an adjustment. But, you know, the fact I know how much time goes into what you're doing on both sides and doing one a day, man, that's a big thing to do. Yeah, it started out more daunting at first because Mm. I literally was trying to edit within the apps and god forbid if it would crash on you like when you're right about to be done yeah. and all the taps are going on and oh lord is that horrible yeah. right <laughs> um, but then i started calming down and figuring out okay are there more effective ways for me to do this and uh, there are like on tiktok you can not only like save videos for later it'll put you to put it on a separate page for you but most of the videos you can't actually download this on your phone. I have There's a number of websites off Google that you can plug in where it'll remove the TikTok watermark for you. So it's nice and clean. And then you can do whatever you would like with it to make it your own. And so I found an app that, that is a really good video editor and all sorts of things. This starts to build a little bit at a time because if you realize it's a good thing, it's a good discipline, then you start thinking of how can I be more effective yeah. With my time. So that needs better tools, you know, better improv or mm. whatever it may be. And so now at this point, it mentally, it's just a part of my day. It doesn't feel like a complete day until I have shot something and I've done something. Yeah. And sure, I've, I've added in memes. I try to create my own original memes that can be shared around. I try to be very vulnerable in what I share because I'm a cross-disciplined performer. And I think that whatever whatever helps you stand out and whatever you're passionate about, double down on that. People want to hear from you. Yeah. Because essentially social media has the power of leveling the playing field. And it gives you, if you've got a camera on the phone and some editing or the case may be, you can essentially invite the world or at least the local community to pause, look over your shoulder and say, look at the cool thing I'm about to do. Yeah. And here's why I love of doing it. Here's me. You saw me on stage this past weekend. Cool. If you liked it, I'll be here. And uh, this is what I'm looking forward to. So little things like that help to put humanity to the performer. And mm. people, if they decide they like you, they will support you all the more. And right. it's really just an open game. Social media has cracked it open. Yeah. You know. So as far, I want to talk about creativity because, you know, you're totally engulfed in it as far as doing all the social media stuff that you do and then talking about stand-ups specifically how has committing to doing the social media stuff enhanced the stand-up Ooh, great question yeah i would say it kind of goes along with why i am why i continue to be a cross-discipline performer because I started in improv. Improv informs and makes my stand-up better. Stand-up makes my acting better. Acting informs the improv. That it just fuels all of it. So when it comes to creating every day, videos or posts, or if you have something that you're doing every day, and you brought up hot breath, so specifically the tent club, and every day a joke writing exercise. It definitely came up during the quarantine, but as a way to build community, 
But also, if you do anything every single day, you're go- it's going to become a part more in the forefront of your mind. Your your mind it is like working a muscle. You're when you first start working out, whether it's bands or the hand weights or whatever it is, the first week or so it sucks. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Muscles ache with everything. Like, I got to do this tomorrow. <laughs> I got to keep doing this next week. But if you do, what what happens? You don't ache quite as bad. Yeah. You actually start to look forward to it. You start to change and adapt to it. So doing this sort of thing regularly each day has it on my mind every day. And one of the reasons why I keep a notebook with me as much as I possibly can, that or post-it notes or note cards, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because mind, you, when you're training yourself to to edit down in like 15 second, 15 second to 30 second videos each day, you are, with stand-up jokes, you're already soaking up the details around you. Now, when you have that discipline, it's not only soaking up the details, but it's already starting to think of what's a good setup. That, that I can do because that's a great punchline. This is a great line. Yeah. Things will start already kind of coming to you fully formed, partially formed, whatever it may be. But your mind, you may be focused on work. You may be going to pick up a, or pick up your dinner that you order, driving in the car, whatever it is. But your mind is still humming. It's still the muscle is when you're feeding it, it's flexing. It's yeah. working. So. So in that alone, I write every day and I'm very thankful that I committed to that because even when I'm in between shows for a little while, I have material that builds up that I'm ready to try out. So it's very rare for shows or even at open mics, it's very rare for me to do the exact same set twice. We'll either add tags or be more comfortable with the laughter or the silence, or I've just got that kind of material I need to work out. Right. And in part because I'm working the muscles so much, the details and the setups and the punch lines, it's it's almost a struggle to keep up some days. Yeah. So it's a blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah. Uh, but in, in that alone, it's been really valuable. Yeah. I don't know how it is for you, but I compare when I get even, get into a creative mind to almost like a dream state. And so it's different than because my... My, my normal mode is, you know, I'm in technical sales. So, you know, it's all about, you know, getting specs and then presenting them to clients and stuff like that. So not very creative. And the funny thing is, you know, I've committed to, like you have, I've committed to doing more reels, TikToks or whatever, just to get in that mind. And the funny thing is I did the one today and it's not doing well. But it put me in a state where I wrote the joke that I'm going to bring to is this anything? <laughs> and it doesn't have, they're not connected in, in, in any way or form. But right after I filmed that, I thought of this joke and I thought, okay, this put me in the mindset of actually creating something versus working with what I already have. And it's funny, I totally agree that when you get into a rhythm of it where you've committed to doing it daily, you are going to definitely produce more material just because you are in that mind frame. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The confidence that comes with it. 
Uh, being able to be bold and standing and saying it does matter as well. Delivery as with the material. Yeah. But yeah, you're working at a bank yourself. So I kind of committed that the, there's some things that I'm just maybe down the line if I have another job or if I can wrap my head around a, a safe angle to do. But there's some things right now that, nope, I like this job. I'm doing well at it. I'm not going to joke about things that will jeopardize that. Yeah. But the funny thing is, like when, you, when I set that set that boundary for myself, I have actually struggled to keep up more writing because it's almost as if and I speak in these terms. So forgive me if you don't share them. But as a Christian, you know, the creativity that one of the reasons why I love going to the zoo or spending time outside is the sheer creativity of my creator is out there. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It's mm. functional. It's all, it doesn't have to be beautiful and all that, but it is. And so there is, there's a creativity that comes out. So when I set those boundaries, all of a sudden I could feel something loosen up just a little bit more and soaking up all these other details of maybe I'm not going to joke about the bank specifics at my job, but I'm in a workplace. There's so many relatable scenarios that people, no matter where they work, can say, Yes, we do that. Why is that? I don't know. There's all these things that are so connected and relatable. And I do have a bit to share for that here in a little while. But yeah, yeah I think you're, you kind of feel that, that whatever allows us to loosen up and relax and be human ourselves without the hat on of this is duty. This is responsibility. These are the technical specifics that I have to be laser focused into. Take off the hat. I can be focused on details, but ah, I'm breathing. I can smile. You're listening mm-hmm. to a stand-up special on your drive home or whatever it is. You laugh a little bit already. You're making that transition of, oh, okay. I think, wait a minute. That would be a great idea for a joke. You're making that. You're giving yourself permission to be human again. Right. And we yeah. all need that. Yeah. 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 100%. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did improv become be, come before stand-up for you? Yes. Yes. I yeah, okay. took a class, went to the graduation show, and it was from there where I'm like, you know what? I'm still standing. I survived. The nerves were nearly that bad. Stand up for me has always been a lifelong question of, am I funny? Mm-hmm. And can I do that? Mm-hmm. I have always wanted to find out the answers to that. But I'm growing up military where we moved every three, four years. I don't know what it feels like to have born and raised roots. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have that, that experience. It took me a long time to build up the courage to attempt anything. And then it got to a point where it's like, well, I would like to do theater. I would like to try this. But what's the point? We're just going to be moving next year. Yeah. You know, so it, it got to that. So it's been that lifelong internal question and improv. To stand up and trying out for theater, all of it, I have I have not only found out the answers to those questions in the affirmative, but I have found in each one, and they overlap a little bit, but I have found in each community, people that are chasing after their own goals, their own answers to questions, and human beings that also want to relax and have joy, share it with others. So when you have community with people that that just get it. You could walk in and they absolutely know what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're facing, because they're about to do it with you. That kind of support and community 
is invaluable. Yeah. And I'm very lucky to have that in my life. Yeah. So I hate to put you on the spot here. So you've got improv, you've got stand up, and you got acting. If you were put up against a wall and you had to pick just one, which one would it be? Oh, there's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. Oh, that's a. That is a tough one there. I would say, yeah, up against the wall, having to weigh all of it, and certainly with the potential of where it is, I would give the edge. I would give the edge to stand up. Really? Yes, because it is pushes me and holds me accountable like few other things. Improv and acting, you have people that you're going on stage with that you trust. Mm. You must. But together, you are with that trust. You're creating something larger than yourself. Yeah. With stand up, it is naked. It is vulnerable. It is raw. It is all you. Either you've done the work or you haven't. And I think that challenge is something that that does not allow me to squirm away. It does not give me the space or the time to to put up excuses. And mm-hmm. I'm really good at thinking of excuses. I'm really good. Same. So yeah. this does this does not allow me that because I want to put my best foot forward. And I have a room full of people that have come to see me and the other comedians for some reason. I want to over deliver for them so they can't wait to see me again. So it's that accountability and that it, it's, it can be terrifying. Yeah. But the rewards of when you get that first laugh and everybody is with you and they decide they like you, there is very few things like the, like that kind of satisfaction of knowing that I've done the work. I deserve to stand here. And the, and the audience has, when they decide they like you, they essentially like a little child have decided to reach out their hand and trust you by putting it in yours. And so how, for however many minutes you have, don't violate that trust. Take them on an adventure with you. Yeah. And it just so happens to be sharing a lot of laughter. So I would give the slight edge to stand up, but, Oh, that would be so tough yeah. to leave the other two, but that's that would be my honest answer. Excellent. I actually thought you would give the edge to improv, but you know, I'm one of those guys that I've been pushed into improv a couple times, and I just freeze. I can't do it. And so it, it would be all stand-up for me. Huh. What do you think is the, what would you say is the best moment you've had doing stand-up? Ooh, excellent. There's been quite a few. So kind of narrow things down. Oh, I'd say so, you know, so some runners up are, are being able to do the World Series of Comedy in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. My first trip in quite a while to go out there and to do all of that by myself. I'm proud that I did that. There's a church show that I really want to press into churches and nonprofits and corporate. I'm very proud of the church show that I did. It was last year, Full Room. Me and another comedian for an hour and a half or so, just we had their attention. It was such a good night. I would give, I would say so far, the night of being able to to win the Clash of the Comics at the, the Omaha Funny Bone. It was, it was during a quarantine year, so it was a little awkward, a little strange, but that was my first time ever on that stage. And here in Omaha, that is the venue that you want to be as a stand-up. And I'm working on getting to a point where they can trust me to be a reliable local host. There's about 
five or six or seven that are trusted that way and believe I can get into that group and be professional delivered. But that night was, I knew some of the friends that said they were coming. I knew they were there. It was all of the others that they had no clue whatsoever who I was. And so for five minutes, I had a chance to show them who I was. And from start to finish, I feeling that room, you know how it is when you're up on stage, most of the rooms, it gets so dark. Maybe you see the first row yeah. for first few tables or whatnot, and everything else is in black. But it's like an organism that you can feel. It's breathing. It's right there. It's a room full of people. So to feel for that five minutes that, oh, my gosh, I think I have them. And then to know absolutely you do with the laughs and the responses. And then to find out that I actually won that night and got to come back and host for a headliner, the Raging Cage and John Paul Morgan out of Louisiana. Hilarious, dude. Love doing that. But I would say that night is at the top right now in my head of something that I revisit. And especially on those days where we all have those doubts of like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. That was, that, that was not that good. Your writing is subpar. You should have spent more time polishing that up. Why did you bring that to the open mic? Mm. What are you doing? Remind yourself of those objective moments the best you can of what people have said to you, what you meant to them, how you made them feel. Remember those because that's why you do it. You suck it up and you keep at it. So, yeah, I'd say that's at the top for me right now. That's excellent. It's funny you did Fort Wayne. I used to live like an hour and a half from Fort Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to live in it's, the South Bend nice, area. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was able to kind of browse around a little bit, see the zoo and all sorts of stuff. I'm really proud that that's my first trip in years. So flew out, did the hotel, did, met a few good comics in real life, like Drew Beekler from <laughs> out of New York. Uh-huh. And uh, what's his name? Captain, Captain Autism, A.J. Wilkerson. AJ oh, yeah. Wilkerson. I was able to connect with him there. And that was right before he just started exploding. And it's been phenomenal to watch that that happen. It's been unreal. So, but yeah, I was able to see him in person there. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, that, that's great. And Fort Wayne is one of those diamonds in the rough as far as comedy is concerned. I, I'm yeah, taking definitely. down AJ really Wilkerson's. Yeah, I'm taking down AJ Wilkerson's name because I he's been on my radar and I haven't reached out to him yet. <laughs> His story is phenomenal. If you can, or if you haven't already, check him out on some of his socials. He's rather active like I am. Yeah. And that dude has, it's a story that just makes you smile Yeah, to follow along with. He's a real good dude. Yeah. So what do you think is the best advice that you've got that you've been able to use all along as far as stand-up comedy is concerned? Ooh, excellent. Oh. One of, the, one of the things that keeps coming up with me is when I started out, I didn't committed from the start to be a clean but not safe comedian. And some people get uh, screw up their faces and, well, what do you mean by that? Well, clean in that I don't really have that much interest in cursing, mm-hmm. using graphic descriptions, sex. I don't do drugs. I haven't had a drop of alcohol. I can't relate to that. So mm-hmm. why fake it? But I also not safe. And by that, I have seen a number of comedians that I decided I like them. But when I watch them perform, I can guess what the punchlines are. Yeah. I can guess where they're going to go. I don't want you predicting where I'm going to go. So I'm going to rock you on your heels 
I may even push the boundaries just a little bit with wordplay and here there, just so just so you're either back on your heels or you're leaning forward in your seat. Mm. I don't want you in your chair, arms crossed. Huh. Okay, what's the next joke? Huh. Yeah. yeah, my dad used to tell something like that. Death. I don't know. I want you to feel something. So with that, one of the things I I would do because of my nerves, they were so bad, was would just like speed through. I remember having like a five minute set planned out for my first open mic that they gave you five minutes. So in my mind, and I wrote it out and I timed it out at home, it was five minutes. When I got up there, it ended up compressed to about three minutes or so. And I'm like, I didn't get the light yet. What's going on? All right. And and the reactions were very muted because I wasn't giving them time to respond. So one of the big pieces of advice that I had from, from a more experienced comedian is do not leave laughs on the table. Take a breath, read the room. If you're confident in the material, be patient, articulate the words, and pa- work the pauses. Pay mm-hmm. attention to what they want to give you. Because if they want to give you laughs, even if it's like a tittering laugh at first, and it builds, and there's different stages to it, don't step on it. They're enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Laughter is contagious. Maybe this side is not too sure on you just yet, but this side is dying, right? Yeah. Inevitably, they're like, you know what? This is dumb. I like to smile. I like to laugh. This is quite funny. And it just starts feeding each other. So don't step on it. Uh, comedy, stand-up comedy is like, especially as a Christian, I can relate to this, that it's a call and response. It's like those preachers that do those pauses, do that kind of style, so that they're incorporating the congregation. You're mm. incorporating the audience. They are giving you laughter or oohs and ahs or whatever the line yeah. Uh, calls for, and you are giving them with misdirections or rules of threes or, or faithful expression, whatever it may be. It's yeah. a back and forth conversation. So in a conversation, when somebody's asked a good question, and you give them kind of a funny line response, and that they want to laugh, let them take a breath, form mm-hmm. your response, and hit them again. Yeah. Response, wait on it, hit them again. Always be ready. Always reward them for them giving you what you hope for. Yeah. And so to not step on laughs has been a huge help for me to take a breath. Don't race through things. Have fun. Yeah. You know, you know it's funny. I've That's always been one of my issues. And one of my problems is I can't hear. So I'm, I wear hearing aids. And my vanity kept me from wearing hearing aids on stage. And... So I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear if somebody was laughing. So like you, I would just run through the jokes. And in in three minutes, I did five minutes of material. And so I, you know, I just sucked it up and decided I'm going to wear my hearing aids. And funny thing is I was at an open mic a couple of weeks ago and the guy said, hey, what kind of hearing aids do you have? Because I need new ones. <laughs> Uh, there and, you go. Yeah, I need them because I definitely that's in the the sound range that I can't hear is laughter. And if I have the hearing aids on, I can hear a little bit better. Not great, but at least know what's happening. But it's funny you say that because I've gone through that myself. First, because of nerves, and second, because I just didn't know. 
Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. And it's human. You know, we all have ways of facing the, the, those, those nerves, whether it's being nervous over a joke, or just standing up on stage. I've been, last November, I started my fifth year in, in comedy. Mm. And so I know I have to remind myself, I don't know about you, but to remember that a vast majority of people are terrified at the idea of getting up in front of others to speak. Yeah. And so when they do it at work, or if you remember back in, in middle school, high school, or college when you did presentations, they have to fight to slow down or they would be glued to their laptop yeah. or their PowerPoints or some sort of thing to keep them calm yeah. so they could survive. Yeah. So to realize we're not only getting up in front of folks to speak, to say a few words, you could do that at a funeral or a wedding, you know, but we're getting up there deliberately to make others laugh. And that in itself is almost impossible, you know, it's, especially in this day and age with the politics and the different cultures mixing in that. And then different generations and, and all that. And you don't know who's in the room, but you have, but they're all there to try to agree to laugh. Yeah. And so, so to have that, it takes a certain kind of boldness and courage and maybe a dose of audacity to say, yeah. I can make them laugh. Yeah. I can do this. And so when I first started that first week, my first open mic, uh, I remember I've never been like this before and haven't been since, but I was so nervous that all the muscles in my neck were tight. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can see the comedians ahead of me would listen to them and say, that's a really funny joke. I wanted to laugh and I physically could not. Yeah. And so I was kind of scared that, Oh crap. What if I want to find the answer to my questions, but what if every standup gig is like this? No wonder some comedians drink. No wonder they do drugs. Like, <laughs> You know, my, my, this is horrible. But uh, but I, I did three open mics in a row my first week. And by the third one, my, my neck muscles started to loosen. I was already starting to have fun. Oh, thank God. It's not like this every time. But yeah. I will never forget how nervous it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I just, I like I said at the beginning, you know, I really watch, I really enjoy watching, you know, what you're doing and how you document it. You do a really good job of it without, I get, I guess without getting, you know, either modeling or, or over overjoyed or anything like that. It's pretty much just a, a compendium of what's going on in your life. And, you know, I'm watching, you know, I'm not one of those guys that, that acts as much, but, you know, I thought that what you do is definitely different than what I see most comedians do. Some comedians put out a ton of content and that's all you see is the content. You don't see who they are. And with you, I get to see who you are. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing that. you and anybody else that, uh, that is watching or listening. I keep you in my mind that I will never forget that for all those that are reacting and that I hope would react. I know there's a number of folks that for one reason or another are following along. And I think that holds true for a lot of people in our lives, we don't probably know who all is watching us and listening mm -hmm. and are inspired by something that we're doing. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's a privilege to be able to dare to try this. I may modify, I may change some things. I want to aim for consistency, like on, on YouTube. Oh my goodness, YouTube. Like in, as I mentioned, I started on Instagram one reel a day, uh -huh. right? And then I started cross posting on Facebook. 
and then YouTube and then TikTok came a bit later. YouTube, in about 10 months time now, I'm nearly at my first thousand subscribers wow. and almost at a million views. Damn. The, it, the, the power of consistency and being who you are. As you touched on with the video or other things that seem to be performing better, I guess would be the word to use is even amongst all the filters and all the silliness and all of all of that stuff, real world people want to see real world people. Yeah. They want to see the authentic you. And uh, I don't, I understand why people use social media differently and I don't judge them one bit at all for uh-huh. being more reserved and all that. I respect that. But if there is, if there is in some way, even in the more reserved, careful mode to basically invite people in to look over your shoulder and say, Hey, I'm Ben Webb. I'm Scott Curtis. I'm excited about what I'm doing today. Here's what it is. And here's why. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be long. Yeah. But just those little things of saying, you know what? I can relate to that. I'm thinking about starting something or that sounds really cool. I want to listen to that interview. I want to go to his show and yeah. check it out because I feel like there's a little bit of a relationship. So yeah, it's a really good, really good privilege to attempt this. And so far, it's been good. And I want to keep, because I know the more and more people get out there and interact with my stuff and share it, the more people I can kind of connect with. And if I get out on the road and do whatever else, wherever I'm going with this, it's just going to escalate. And so if this kind of reaction is happening now, with me being in Omaha largely, shooting things on my phone and posting and things like, I shudder to think what could be possible. Yeah. And so it's, it's huge. The messages alone that I've gotten from people of just, I've been going through like a real rough day, came across what you posted. That's exactly what I needed to help me think about anything else. Cause I've been through the horrors of, of, of abuse, of, of divorce, number of things. And if I can come through, go through counseling, I can kind of work through and, and uh, work through healing and strong. And I can stand here and still smile and be silly and goofy and ask you to join me mm. and spreading joy on purpose. You know what? You'll start looking for small ways in your life to do just that. And that's that, that would mean the world to me to learn more and more stories of what I'm doing touching anybody else for the better right right yeah you're definitely going the right direction as far as i'm concerned on that so we are at my new favorite part of the show the the my first segment that's actually taking off i'm actually getting great feedback on it it's called is this anything And, and that's where each of us bring a joke or a promise something we're working on something that we think may work or may not work or whatever. And we just put it out there and we give each other notes and see where we can take it. And since you're the guest, you get to choose who goes first. Do you go first or I go first? Nice. I love the idea for the segment, by the way. It's great. Um, You know, I've been in my head for most of the day and everything. I would love to hear what you have and then I'll follow. All right. So I've gone first every time so far. So nothing's new. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'll I'll preface this by saying that there's two things. So this is a brand new joke. I've never done this. And I've gone from being 
the squeaky clean guy to being a little bit darker. So that fits my personality a little bit better. So just being my true self on stage. So this one kind of fits in with that. So one of the things I do is make fun of boomers because I am one. So here it goes. Us boomers have to stop shaming people in their 30s when they say they're feeling old. I know their aches and pains are nothing compared to the 24 agony we feel. But try to remember, folks, when you realize the time has passed when you could go on a three-day whiskey, cocaine, and murder spree, then take your kids on a play date at 8 a.m. and still feel pretty good. And that's it. <laughs> I, I like I like there's yeah, certainly if you get them hooked and you know before you go on that run and everything, yeah. Relatable, heightens it, exaggerates that. Nice dose of silly and dark. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, I think you got something there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the funny thing is, is that came up right after I did that stupid reel. It's like, cause I've been thinking, I've been thinking boomer jokes, you know, for a few weeks now and trying to expand on what I already have. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, I've done everything but the murder part. So you know, the murder <laughs> kind of takes it over the top. So let's throw that in and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, you might, and you might even play with, and you know, you're, it's a different style, what I have, but I'm wondering with, since it's, since part of the joke is, is that run on there of getting, getting people to punch and contrasting the two, two ages, wondering, just hearing it for the first time, I'm wondering if murder might be something that would get people to get hung up on that they may stop at it versus you're already on a run. You're already getting that, getting that style out. So, you know, cocaine run and to bury a body or whatever. Just mm-hmm. go ahead and use the words. Mm-hmm. You get that nice double B sound in there. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same principle. So yeah. maybe something like that might be, uh, might help the flow yeah. a little better and still get across your hilarious exaggeration. Yeah, right. That, that's and, just and, a thought that I had. Yeah. And there's exertion in burying a body. So cocaine and burying bodies. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> exactly might as well lean into it yeah it's something to play with yeah (laughs) and that's really kind of a short one that i want to put in between a couple other things that are a little bit longer but yeah i felt like you know it may be a little much even for me but you know i wanted to you know i wanted to pop that in there because i've got another thing where i want to tell my kids after they both hit 30 the because my son turns 30 this year about my first experience with cocaine. So I thought that might almost be a callback and could uh, actually fit in. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You already started to think of the connective tissue. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a try at an open mic and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool uh, yeah. to see how that develops. So Yeah, excellent. <laughs> All right. So, what you got for me, Ben? All right. Well, also, when you when you shared with me the idea of the segment, something kind of raw, a little bit more brand new, I'll give you something that I've been working on just this week. That I mentioned that I work at a bank, and and recently we had an executive come down and visit the different departments, and they and they put up balloons and welcome messages on the whiteboards and the whole thing, right? So. So the idea is, okay, what find the relatable and exaggerate and find the silly. So the idea that I had was standing with your manager when an executive like that visits 
it kind of feels like you're in the Westminster dog show. It's just, you know, well, this has been Webb. You know, Ben Webb's been with us here for a few months and they <laughs> check the teeth and, and he's a really good guy and he kind of all good coat and, a, and good shoulders and is a good worker, really respectful. And, uh, you know, check the hiney a little bit, hard to do here in, in the screen, but you kind of get through there and you're like, okay, are they going to go to another department? And you start turning to go back to your desk. They say, oh, Ben, uh, by the way, we have refreshments in the break room. We have pizza. Would you like to join us? I'm not sure I got, I got some work to do. Well, but who's a good employee? Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> and so, so I do like a physical act out where I'm resisting and then my butt starts to wag a little bit. Uh-huh. I get, you know, the whole body. So that's the idea just to be able to be silly and using my, my talents to really sell the joke. So, uh-huh. uh, so, so what do you, do you think that has any meat or potential that, to it? So that definitely has legs because I can see it. So an executive is the judge and they are so far removed from what actually goes on in the bank that that they that that actually showing your physical attributes is more important to them than your work ethic or anything else so i i really dig that the only thing i might add is after they check all the teeth and the hindquarters and stuff like that they do the little parade around and they watch you walk so that would be an opportunity for another act the you know and maybe you could run into another employee or something like that that, that is also doing the run around but yeah that that really that little light bulb for me as soon as you compared it to the dog show so yeah you've definitely got something there hey all right i've sensed like some there if i can sell it just right to maybe have some lines that that, that are solid that that comes with the writing yeah because I, I know i could i know i can heighten it i trust my own reactions and and what i can do and actually now that i'm thinking about it that's another way that this daily video discipline helps is when you've done it enough you know what your face can do yeah you know what your voice and all that can do yeah. so imagine when you can just trust that on stage it's invaluable so yeah I'll get to I'll get to work on that, and uh, I'm excited to see because I think that could work just about anywhere if yeah. I get it right. So yeah, yeah. the only thing that you might want to add as far as a setup is concerned is what this bank executive looks like, and you could go either right. male or female, but you know talk talk about the suit they're wearing and just something to make them completely outside of what normally goes on in the bank that's a great yeah to, to think of those details to check because it's already kind of physical already that's getting people to think what it was like in their jobs yeah. so why not why not dress it up just a tad so it might be something you know like you said the suit hairstyle maybe they're wearing a pair of white gloves yeah something like that yeah a very vivid detached image that's a great little detail thank yeah. you The reason why I say that is because my wife worked in banking for like 25 years and it was a locally owned bank for a long time. We go to the Christmas party and, you know, you'd meet the owners and they were always there in like a reception line. And you could just tell that, you know, they're people, but they're not the same as you. You know, they're, they they live in a different world. And even though they own the bank, they have no idea 
what goes on, <laughs> you know, what it takes to actually make everything work. So, yeah, so somehow making that separation that they're not only a judge, but they are a different type of human being that is a little bit far removed from what a normal human being goes through every day. You know, something to really separate them and then reducing yourself down to being a canine, you know, it even makes that a little bit of a wider gap and makes it more exaggerated. So it really, because most people at a comedy show are going to be more like you than they are going to be like the executives. So they're going to actually, you know, they're going to be more on your side than theirs. It's open. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited now to kind of work on it and test it out. Yeah. To see how it develops. Yeah, that's cool. I love that feedback. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're definitely onto something there. And the funny thing is I'm starting to get notes. People are starting to send messages to me on these things. And if I get any for yours, I'll send it off to you. But yeah, it's funny when you kind of put it out and crowdsource stuff a little bit. So we're crowdsourcing between two and then I've got all the listeners listening too, and sometimes they'll come up with something better than what I came up with. So yeah, I'll send that over to you if it comes over to me. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. And, you know, it's funny the first time we've actually talked, but, you know, I feel like I already knew you before, before we started and you're not any different than what I thought. So that, that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. I appreciated the opportunity to connect and as much as you'd like to in messages, certainly you're welcome anytime to kind of bounce ideas or just kind of check up on, but Hey, down the line, if you like to, I would definitely be open to connecting with you again and, and chopping things up. Yeah, yeah definitely. Really fun. Yeah. I had one comedian say that we should do this as like a recorded writing workshop, just do a special Sweet. episode and have a more seasoned comic on each each one of them, somebody who's been in it for, you know, 10, 15. And I can probably pull that off at least once a month and do something like that. So that's actually in my, it's kind of in my notes to as something to develop, give something back so that, you know, comics can see what the writing process is like and see what it's like to bounce off other people. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we can do to uh, my mind goes to preaching again but when i was learning how to preach and all of that just the idea of not looking down on people but but if people don't understand you then what value is it of how eloquent your words are yeah so whatever you can do to take something on a higher shelf and put it on a more accessible shelf and then people because i never quite understood why some comedians are so guarded about what apps they use to edit video with or what they use for their posters, joke writing, and all that. Because if you share that, another comedian is not going to create the same way you're going to create. Yeah. But you're helping them eat. You're right. helping others see comedy and all that. So why would you not give it away? Right. So that kind of idea would help put things on an accessible shelf and to show, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I've been kind of working on that, but I haven't heard of that technique. And that would help me out so much better than what I've been doing. Yeah. And it might save you years of butting your head up against a wall. That might, yeah, that might be something to kind of work out and see if that would be something you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely on my radar. So where can folks find you on all the apps? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I mentioned a bit early on, I found out that joy on purpose is 
Well, is pretty much me. If you want to enjoy on purpose comedy, if you just keep that phrase joy on purpose in mind, I have searched it on all the apps of Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Joy on purpose, Ben Webb, my face, some of my videos will come up. Yeah. And so, yeah, feel free. I'm a little bit more liberal with uh, with how I will uh, will kind of accept and bring in followers and, and subscribers. Things have been growing. I would love to join with anybody who resonates with what I'm, what message I'm trying to do and, uh, and what I'm doing. As I'd love to get to know more about them, because as you know, could be better about the Behind the Bits podcast page and other things like that. But essentially, if I see it and I think it's done well, I'm going to engage with it or I'll send you a message or whatever it may be. Because I this country and a little bit around the world that I have an opportunity to connect with. And I know how daring it is and, yeah. and daunting it is to do what we do. So let's encourage each other. If we can do that and connect, then let's do it. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. Well, it's been really great talking to you, and I, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see each other again. But uh, this is this has been a great talk, and I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. I will. I will literally right after we get off here, going to be creating my video for the day. All so, right. Yeah. It, it never stops. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot.